Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I am your host, Kevin, a.k.a. Chop, a.k.a. that tall dude who talks a lot. Uh, and I have my two co-hosts who you know and love. Uh, I'm Paul, and conquest is life. Mm. This is uh, Potter, and he is not tall, and he is a giant. It really scared me the first time I saw him in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people aren't really... I mean, mo- I mean, unless you're taller than me, it can be disarming, definitely. Um, yeah, I was like, I knew you were tall. And then, like, you got out of the car, and I was like, whoa! Whoa, shit, he's real tall. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, it's no giant. joke. <laughs> it's, no, it's no joke. Um, I, 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 like, barely come up to your shoulder. I mean, it's you're, also funny. you're short to begin with, so you can't compare. No, that's why it's funny. It, what's funny though to me is that I remember when uh, when when good old DT got on the television and told the entire country he was six three and two hundred and forty pounds, and I was looking at his dumpy pasty ass, and I was like, motherfucker, I'm six three two forty. I don't look anything like you, you lying bastard. You are insulting the shit out of me. <laughs> I, I I know what flabby two forty and six three looks like, and it's not you. <laughs> oh, oh man yes yes <laughs> tall 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 anyway <laughs> yeah enough talking not, not not enough talking about drumpf uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the, why that was uh, funny to me <laughs> <laughs> the uh the topic of the night we are going to be talking about uh, we, were, we were going to be talking about 40K, and we will talk about 40K, but my busy ass could not get around to reading those rules. So next week, <laughs> or two yeah. weeks from now, from when you hear this, <laughs> we'll do the 40K, which actually will line up to be like just after the actual like big release of 40K 10th. Like the the like Leviathan will be out at that point, because we're still like two weeks out from Leviathan. Um Anyway, so we're going to talk about the wrong color. Fuck me. I don't know if you did the wrong color. We're going to talk about (laughs) we're going to talk about the difference between depth and complexity. (laughs) I know. God damn it, Paul. Just like stealing my thunder here. Depth and complexity is what we're going to be talking about. But uh, before we get into depth and complexity, we should do a little bit of hobby progress. And I want to start with you, Paul, because you have had a it's been a surge i don't know how else to describe it other than a, a fucking surge yeah um uh, i mean geez i've painted an entire box of raptor riders uh i painted the t-rex uh i've painted another box of blooded uh and i'm now between recording the mini-sode and just starting uh, this, I'm almost done with my uh, Apex Queen uh, and the saddle for the, the T-Rex. So uh, I'm having a bit of a, a, a renaissance painting time. I'm just tearing through everything. I, 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 it, like I, did, I did six guys last night. I did six guys in one evening. Uh, I don't think I've ever painted that quickly. And I mean, I know there's a hunk of it that's due to using the speed paints and slap chopping it and all of that. Um, but I've, yeah, I've never had this type of, of productivity before. 
Hell yeah, that's awesome. I'm just like trying to avoid making a six guys joke. Oh, I I <laughs> was there with you. I was like, I'm, I hope yeah. nobody like fast forwards through the intro and actually just comes there and gets there, you know, on out of context. <laughs> of Paul taking on six guys. <laughs> Ooh, I did six guys. It was exhausting. <laughs> uh, I was up until almost two thirty. Boy, Shay was there and everything. <laughs> oh, sorry, Shay. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez! He had his right. he had his camera on. Oh boy! Oh my god! <laughs> I knew you were I'll supplementing your income, Paul. But god damn! Yeah, no. um, Potter, yeah, well, how do you think I got all these conquest people? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, are you, are you good? You good, Paul? I think I'm good. Oh, and I also almost finished my uh, NG uh, Gundam that I've been working on. I, I just have to do stickers, but then I was I got caught up in in this painting. So uh, yeah, I've I've been very productive lately. Hell yeah! Now Hell I'm yeah. Done. now I'm done. <laughs> All right, Potter. Uh, let's see hobby progress. Uh, Shatterpoint came in, so I've been building some Shatterpoint models. Um, I got the hello there box completely done. Uh, I've got Anakin, I've got Darth Maul built, uh, and then I've been working on some Legion stuff, because uh, just Star Wars kind of got in my, my brain, so went through that, started building some clone troopers, some Phase 2 clone troopers, so I think that's all I've been doing hobby-wise, I think. Yeah, that seems it. good, though. Yeah, mostly building. It's not bad at all. Mostly building. What what cards have you sleeved recently, Kev? <laughs> oh man, I feel extremely called out. Um, so I, uh, well, um, I don't know if I mentioned the the pre constructed league um, the last time we did it, but I've been doing a a league of playing Magic the Gathering Commander with my older daughter, uh, and what we do is we get a commander deck and then. Uh, from that basic commander deck, every two weeks we get $20 that we are allowed to uh, buy singles from the shop and add them to our decks. Um, and so we've basically, we're up to $60. So it's been fun watching like the basically powered commander decks turn into sort of like horrifying massacre shows. <laughs> like as we, <laughs> as we add, uh, and it's funny, like that first $20, everybody's decks powered up a little bit, but that second $20, boy, it turned into some, that some people were adding like really ridiculous win cons and making their decks more mm. consistent. Um, and it's been really fun. Uh, so I have been sleeving up the, that, uh, <laughs> that commander deck. Um, but mostly, um, a lot of my hobby time has been on Zelda. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, time that I normally would have spent hobbying, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom because that game uh, rules. Dope. Like you, it's funny you asked for hobby photos, and I actually almost sent you a picture of me like building a jet wing, <laughs> uh, on my on my Switch because that's what I was doing when you sent the request. Uh, well, I wish you would have because that would be amazing. <laughs> well, next time, next time, I'll, I'll just send one. I'll just, I, I mean, I have the picture. I took it. I was just like, uh, it's kind of yeah, lame. Send- I won't send this. No, send that to me. That sounds amazing. Um, outside of that, uh, I have actually been building some Gundam. So um, at least I haven't really been painting any minis or anything, but definitely uh, got some hobby time in on a uh, 
my MGSD. So nice. So super deformed. I will send you guys some pictures shortly. It's basically just like body parts right now. It's like the inner frame, right? It's not, not super impressive yet. Um, but yeah, man, I can tell by the inner frame how cool it's going to be. I was just going to ask you, is it as cool as it feels like it should be? Oh, hell yeah. 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 It's basically like, so it's really weird because it's really, it's a real grade, like size wise, right? So it's a, it's like 144 is the, is about how it feels. It feels like the size of a one, 144 Gundam, uh-huh. but, but it's a super deformed, which are normally half the size of a one, 144, right? Right. And so it's a master grade. So it's, you know, twice, it's like that's supposed to be that one, 100 scale, which is what master grade typically is. But since it's super deformed, it's half the size and it's down at like one, 144. So it's kind of like a real grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I would compare it to. Like in terms of like how big the pieces are and how it feels to put together, it feels like a real grade Gundam. Um, Interesting. so a real, if you think about like what a real grade, like the size of a, a standard real grade, but a super deformed, um, huh. it's very cool though. Um, mega pleased with it. 50 bucks, man. Really good kit for 50 bucks. Look, the, if that's one of the ones that if I see it, I'm buying. Yeah. No, I don't have very many of those on that list right now. Yeah, and now that now that they've uh, they've added a second one to the the list, I'm so I was really hoping that it wouldn't be the only MGSD. Like it would actually be a line of models, nope. and it, it's really looking like we're going to get one a year. Uh, is the next one? Is the next one? Barbatos. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I was Boy, so happy is. when That's, I saw that. That I I think I don't think I like if you had asked me like what would be your pick because like. What do you like? What do you want for a, a perfect grade? What do you want for a master grade? What do you want for a real grade? Like those answers change. They depend, right? Like what's out, what, what would look good it, in the style, et cetera, et cetera. But exactly. if someone had asked me, what is your ideal for your next MGSD? I would have said the barbecue. Like it's going to be dope. <laughs> I know you want Exia, but like, <laughs> not Exia everything cool. can be an Exia. <laughs> But I do think that the Barbatos is going to look is so sweet. <laughs> it's going to be so oh, yeah, nice. It's going to be great. Um, I can't wait for it. I I think his like weirder proportions are going to come out like really that's awesome. What, that's yeah. what I mean. It's going to look so cool because it does yeah. have – it's got like the, those it's, – and it's so aggressive looking too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's – like if you look at the Barbatos, Barbatos like just, just its profile is like the most like inherently violent looking mm-hmm. of like any of them. I don't know how else yep. to describe it. That's um, because Mikasa is insane. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh that's basically what I what I, where I'm at with that. But anyway, very cool. Um but I think that's all three of us, right? We've uh we've covered hobby progress. Yep. yep. So yes, sir. let us let us let us dive into our main topic tonight, which is the intersection of depth and complexity as it as it specifically pertains to miniatures games because i could actually talk about this for hours about board games um and whoa if you're on the discord and especially if you're a patron and you would want to do a guest episode where we talk about depth and complexity as it pertains to board games specifically i would be game for that as like a as like a cool sort of like offshoot episode um but where we are with with miniatures games specifically, I think what the first thing we want to do is sort of define the difference, at least for the three of us, what we're talking about when we talk about depth versus complexity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we need to we need to set that yeah. expectation. 
Yeah. Okay. So I think the easier place to start here is complexity because it does, you don't have to abstract anything. Complexity is like when you look, when you're reading through a rule book, right? You, the, the complexity of the rule book is like a lot, the page count, the number of rules, right? So the number of rules and the number of rules interactions in the printed rules. Not mm-hmm. the things that happen because of player decisions, right? But like the actual word count of the rules and the amount of sort of like brain space you need to have occupying to keep those rules in place, right? So the more complex, the harder that becomes. Right. Does that feel right? As, as like a yep. sort of like extended definition mm-hmm. of complexity? Yeah, I think so. I think that's spot <clears throat> and, on. And depth is not that. Depth is, <laughs> I mean, I just think, everything I think these else. two things get, they get conflated, right? I think yeah. you hear, you hear people talk about these very similarly, but they, they're not similar because there are lots of like chess is not a complex game, but it is deep, right? Mm-hmm. The, the depth of chess is cavernous, un- unfathomable, right? There it's, it is infinitely deep. Um, but the complexity of chess is just knowing what the core pieces do and there aren't very many, right? So right. the, the, the difference is that what depth really refers to is how much agency a player has at any given stage of a game. The more agency you have, the deeper that game is basically like, the more rope a game to gives you to hang yourself with, that's the depth of the game, right? Like if, you, especially when it gives you the decisions where it really, whether or not you win or lose comes down mostly to your decisions. And the more, the more that that's true, the more that your decisions matter into the outcome of the game, that goes further and further into depth, at least for me. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, have I mean, I think that's there. a that's a good. I think that's a good assessment of it, right? Like, um, it's a lot of that rules overhead kind of side of things. Yeah, rules overhead, complexity, player agency, depth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this, so if we think about this, like you know, you look at like a square plot grid, right, where you have depth depth on on one axis and complexity on the other that kind of gives you like four zones where you have more or less complexity and more or less depth. And then how those quadrants sort of overlap with each other. Um, <clears throat> and like miniatures games occupy all of these spaces, right? Like you have games that are both not complex and not deep, but that doesn't mean they're not good. Right. But also you have games that are very complex and very complete, very deep. And so like, if we look at that, like, complexity and depth scale like the upper right is like infinity right right very complex game very deep game Mm -hmm. um and if we come like all the way down on the lower left like this is harder right because i don't want i don't want anybody listening especially like a game creator to think i'm like insulting their game by saying it's not complex and not deep but that's okay like games can be um shallow but like so where i would go with this is like necro molds do you, are you guys familiar with this game no, no i don't think i've ever heard of so it. <laughs> all right so you, you guys are gonna be googling this now so <laughs> it's a it's a game that you so it's a miniatures game that you play with play-doh um what and <laughs> i'm in, and <laughs> I'm in. Way, <laughs> so you you both are playing necromancers 
And the monsters that you can create are Play-Doh molds. And you actually uh, like smash them out with Play-Doh and put them on the board and you move them like with a with a widget and everything and fight them with dice just like you would a miniatures game. And then each of you has a signet ring. And when you kill a, a model, you like smash it down with your signet ring onto the board. Oh, my God. Oh I my love gosh. it. <laughs> That's amazing. Why, why, why are you just telling us about this now? <laughs> I, I, okay, so listeners, I promise you I'm not just telling about this. I've, I've told them about this game. I sent them the Kickstarter links when it was on Kickstarter. Uh, it's you just like, did not. I don't believe that. <laughs> I'll, go, <laughs> I'll go through my shit and find it. Uh, it I might not have. Anyway, it, so this game is like ridiculously fun. It's a ridiculously fun game, but it is neither deep nor complex. And like... I just I basically want to illustrate the games on any any part of this spectrum can be good, right? Like the depth and complexity, like and what we talk about tonight is I don't think is gonna like we're gonna have preferences, and I think that's what I want to get to is what is our what are our preferences as the three of us for what where we like this sort of like depth and complexity to overlap. But I just I want to like illustrate that there's a spectrum, uh, and that any game anywhere on that spectrum can be very good. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think uh, the other thing uh, that we'll find as we go through this is that the sweet spot for everybody is is different. Way different. Um, and, like, other things matter in games, too, right? Like, a theme – like, a game could be your, like, Goldilocks zone for depth and complexity, but the theme can do nothing for you. And if the theme does nothing for you in a miniatures game, it's just not interesting. Like why, what, I mean, you're not even going to bother with it. Right. Yep. Yep. No, you, I mean, you're right. Uh, and, and what, what I think is actually kind of interesting about that. And, and this is somewhat of a tangent. I think that's a lot of, uh, why people don't look at games other than GW sometimes. I think they feel like they're not going to be uh, invested, but that's that's a different conversation, I guess. But yeah, I, think, I mean, I think it's, it's I think it's relevant to that discussion. Though. I think it is relevant. I think I think that I think I think it's both ways. I think that the discussion you're talking about is relevant to this discussion, and this discussion is actually relevant to that one too. Um, and I, and I actually think that like since you brought it up, um, it's pro- these are probably good places to start, and not not necess- I'm not going to pick on one Games Workshop game here. I want to talk about a few because like they kind of they kind of run the gamut, and I'm gonna oh, mm-hmm. oh boy, we're gonna get into some <clears throat> controversial Kevin opinions here. So I find Warhammer 40k to be very complex and not very deep. Um, right. Okay. All right. So that, that you agree, Chris, are you on the level? Um, Does that make sense? So think about 40 K you're carrying around your core book, your supplemental books, your have whatever your codex is so that you know what all your stratagems are. You've got maybe supplemental books that have additional stratagems. There's just rules and rules and rules and rules. You got to keep your squad building. You got to keep track of like, all of the paragraphs of text that each unit can do and you've got like dozens of them on the field uh and then the decisions really roll down to who deployed better (laughs) i mean i'm kidding a little bit it's not it's not really that bad it's not that bad i know there's a lot to 40k 40k is a good game there's a lot of back and forth but like you can lose in deployment um and I don't think any 40k player would dispute that that you can lose in deployment. But I mean that's also true in Infinity, right? So 
I was it's just going to say there are, there are there are games where that's the case. And I feel like a lot of times, uh, or maybe not a lot of times, but I feel like that is one of the first problems game designers need to solve when they're making their game. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like the, the, the thing that I want to, I want to like go to too is it's not, and I'm not I'm picking on you here either. It's not really a, a problem to solve. It's a question to answer. Like what, how, where do we want this balance between depth and complexity to live? Because like you said, there's a, there's a flavor for everyone, right? Like, so, and so, and obviously 40K is ridiculously successful and it's mm-hmm. not, it's not just because the models are good, right? Because if 40K wasn't fun to play, no one would play it. Like, it's like Taco Bell. It, Taco Bell is garbage. I know it's garbage, but it tastes good and I like <laughs> to eat it, right? So like, uh, 40k is fun right it's a when you when you meet your friend and you're you're going to the game store and you're rolling dice and laughing and having a great time playing 40k that is not invalid like it can be a very fun game um but i mean and again not but that's because it's the it's that that right it's, i think it's kind of like the flavor that that kind of like hits the most people right 40k has really broad appeal because the theme is eminently attractive especially to uh, white cisgendered men, right? Like it's just a very, uh, it's a theme we that goes a long way for that target audience. I, hey, look, I'm not saying I'm not. I don't even think that's a controversial opinion. No, uh, no, I don't think so. And that's not to say it's not appealing to women. It, uh, it surely is because there are plenty of women who play 40k. I'm just saying it's very appealing to that target audience, um, and it's also broadly appealing as a mental exercise it, the the level of complexity and the level of depth are appealing or else it wouldn't have the audience that it has um <clears throat> and and i think we can actually lump age of sigmar right in within the same vein because the games while different are more similar than they are different yeah um, that's i i think that's a true statement yeah, they're, they're very different games. They have different initiative systems. You know, the, the, the force organization is different. Um, but when it comes down to it, the model counts are similar. The stat lines are similar. The game flow is similar. Even if the, even if those other things are different. Uh, yep. but the, but the theme is completely different, right? And I think that's what really separates the audience between the two games is some people would rather play in that very cool and very unique fantasy setting. Like they've kind of like, you know, Games Workshop has done a really good job of going from like bland Tolkienish fantasy to like whoo, right in their own lane. Like their shit is wild now. Well, that's because they've got Tolkien in another game, so they don't have to worry about putting it in theirs. That's <laughs> fair. It's fair. <laughs> Like they can um, diverge now. To, yeah. But b- back to the depth and complexity, right? So we, we, those two games, high complexity, lower depth. And what I mean by lower depth, right? It's like when you, if you've ever played 40K, when you look at a 40K game in progress, like it's fairly obvious what you should be doing. Like you right. can make bad choices. You can move models into wrong spaces, but like, 
<clears throat> if you put like seven people looking at the same scenario, like four of them are going to come to the same conclusion as what maybe the optimal move is. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not a cavernously deep game, but that's part of the appeal is that it's easy to play and that you can do really cool shit with all your minis because the rules are so complex. There's complex rules and flavorful rules for everything in the game. And that makes it more complex and less deep, but also still very fun to witness and play. Um, and the same is true of Age of Sigmar. Whereas- so I, I, I actually had this conversation today, Chops, but I had it about MMOs. Okay. Um, and we were, we were talking about the changeover from like EverQuest Final Fantasy XI, where, you know, you were basically paying $15 a month for a game to kick you in the dick. Yes. Um, and then you're not wrong. <laughs> no. Uh, Holy shit. Uh, that's a good way to that's a good way to sum up my Final Fantasy Eleven career. <laughs> um, but you know, and that's that's what made WoW so uh, so wildly successful is it still made you pay the fifteen dollars a month, but it stopped kicking you in the dick. Yeah, I mean, it still did when you got um, into raids, but it was yeah. much, much friendlier in the main, right. the main parts. Right. I'm sorry. And, I'm, but I'm, that, I'm but, still kicking it over getting but, kicked in the dick by, you know. <laughs> but, but, this, but the thing is, right, like that broader appeal is what, you know, made World of Warcraft into the beast that it became. Because, I mean, Definitely. there were, you know, Chops, you were, you were around when I started playing too. And there were plenty of people at the time who were like, this game will never last. It's too boring. It's too easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that being a very but, big feeling you know, about the that's, game. That can be a sweet but, spot. And yet, here it stands, mm-hmm. proudly. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. Exactly. I, it, it, it beat everybody up. Um, Kicked them in the but dick. But it also, it also did that by being a game that had surprising depth and they added depth over time, right? They yep. added more and more meaningful decisions to, for players to make. Um, and also like they, they did made really smart ways for you to become very attached to your characters in wow. And so like, and that, and that, and we have a similar thing in, in miniatures too, right? When we paint them up, we spend lots of time with them. And this is why I think like skirmish games specifically appeal to me so much because you get more attached to your characters. You're like individual models. Well, I'll I'll tell you what on that, Kev. Uh, my World War II stuff that I built. You want to talk about getting attached to models? I'm attached to every single one of them. Like they have names, and I several of them I know their personality, and it's kind of creepy. I mean, well, I mean that's really cool though, actually. Um, and I can't I can't speak to it specifically to like your experiment your experience with with Chain of Command, but like. There's a there's a there's a board game called Undaunted, um, and uh, man, we're we're like off the rails here. But when you're playing Undaunted, it's a it's basically it's, it's a heads up game, and you know it's a World War II game deck builder. Mm-hmm. But all of your cards are soldiers, and like right. when they die, they they're they're dead dead. <laughs> like you don't get the cards right. back, and they're named, and like you form the same attachments like with the models that stick around because the game is a series. It's like a series of scenarios that you go through with your opponent. Like you don't just play undaunted once as a one-off it's a campaign game. 
Um, huh. and you start to know your veterans, right? Uh, right. And, and it can feel pretty loose. Like once you, you were like, like, I found myself like looking at my cards and being like, man, like no one he got, no one he started this campaign with is left. Like it's like, and you, you feel that way. So I a hundred percent get that. Yeah, dude, I a hundred percent get that when you're talking about chain of command. Cause you've actually spent real time with those models too. Right. So, yep. um, Anyway, whew, boy, we went we went off on a on, that was a good tangent, but way off on a tangent. <laughs> um, but so what I want to get to though is I want to I want to go from a, a Games Workshop game where there's uh, a lot of complexity and not so much depth to a game that has I would say like boy I hate I hate to say this but like upper medium <laughs> complexity like I wouldn't <laughs> call it high complexity not in the same way that 40k is. But like, it's also not a game where you're like, this game is simple. You're going to just get this. No problem. Never have to reference a rule book, but also a game that is cavernously deep when, when compared to 40 K and that's blood bowl. Mm. Um, and because blood bowl, uh, you know, is a, it's a risk management simulator. <laughs> like it's, it's, a, I mean, that's <laughs> that what it true. is. That's what it is. Like it, it is a game of risk management and like every decision you make in Blood Bowl is super consequential. And you, I mean, you roll a lot of dice. Like that's not to say that there's no luck in Blood Bowl. There's a ton of luck in Blood Bowl. But if you look at competitive Blood Bowl, good Blood Bowl players win. Like they win, right? Because they have good fundamentals, good instincts, and they make the right decisions at the right time, regardless of whether or not the dice go their way. Um, and sure you can have a bad game where the dice go nothing but wrong, but like, that's why you play in tournaments with multiple rounds, right? So that you ha- you right. can like even out those, those spikes in RNG, but blood bowl on its surface is a much deeper game because as you look at the game state, like your first couple moves are pretty obvious because you do the things that don't require dice rolls first. So like right. standing up your models, doing things that do not require you to roll dice. But once you've done all of the things that don't require you to do dice, to use dice, you probably on any given turn of Blood Bowl have eight choices. And of those eight choices, there are splintered choices off those choices. And this is what I'm talking about where a game becomes like ridiculously deep and you separate good players from mid players because the good player can identify what they get the most mileage out of to do mm-hmm. before they take those the the things that are maybe higher risk with less payoff. You know what I honestly feel like you're talking about, like you could have the same exact conversation with, is a song mm-hmm. of ice and fire. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So a song of ice and fire is another. I, I would actually. So and and now we're we're moving further down the complexity scale. But keeping the depth scale about the same. So mm-hmm. if we look at a game like A Song of Ice and Fire, the complexity ratchets down a little bit because there's nowhere near as many rules in in uh, A Song of Ice and Fire as there is in Blood Bowl. Um, and not nearly as much to keep track of at any given specific moment. Sure. But as soon as it's your turn and you have to activate a model, oh boy, it is just as wide. Like the the decision of which model to activate versus an NCU to activate to go on to a specific spot and then how that dovetails into future decisions. And, and even like if we're talking about like charging a model and then like 
how you pivot, how you face, how that mm-hmm. affects everything else. Like all of those decisions are like incredibly impactful because of the way that the activation system works in, in the Song of Ice and Fire. And because you can sort of like delay activation by using M- the NCUs and the tactics board. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. That's a game where the complex, the, the depth level is very similar and the complexity level mm-hmm. comes down. But then again, you think about the vibe of these two games, right? Like Blood Bowl is kind of like a Looney Tunes Saturday morning violent football game. <laughs> and the models are cartoony and silly and shit. And I mean, the song of ice and fire is like brutal. Whoa, <laughs> brutal. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's dying like everywhere. slightly twisted slightly twisted world fantasy with dragons right right world history but fantasy with dragons so um and this is kind of what i mean by like and and for me a song of ice and fire is basically a goldilocks game for me like it's right in my lane for what i like in terms of where that depth and complexity meet now i do also enjoy games that are a little bit more complex um Mm -hmm. But with similar levels of depth. I think that what I want to say, though, is the depth level of A Song of Ice and Fire is like right in the zone for me. Right. Um, so, Chris, Chris, we haven't we haven't heard a lot from you. So what what I want to say, what I want, what I have a question for you. And the question is, as you look at miniatures games and you think about depth versus complexity, what's more important to you? Would you rather have something that's more complex or more deep? And then what's a game that like fits in the Goldilocks zone for your preferred metric for like what you're looking for in a minis game. And it it might be neither. It might be theme first. Right. So, yeah. So the reason why I've been quiet is because I I think compared to, to the two of you, you, you guys are very big on, on game design um, and and how a game is played, how, you know, what the, what the developers were intending um, you know, you guys like looking at things from that standpoint, correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah, safe assumption. I don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> my my, <laughs> it, 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 like literally, where I look at from a game is like when I walk away from that game, did I have fun? Were the rules engaging enough? Was were was I able to engage with my opponent enough? Did I like the theme? Did I feel, did the armies feel good to me in terms of like what I've picked? Like I could care less about game design. I'm, I'm not that way. Like if I had to pick, I would probably pick a game that has more depth than complexity sure. uh, because of that, I think. Um, but, but yeah, for me that, that, and that's why I've been quiet. Cause it's like, I knew, I knew this was going to be one that I probably wasn't going to, have a lot to say on because I don't look at games that way. Like for me, like, you know, Shatterpoint, like I don't, I bought the game without even watching any of the, the stuff because it's star Wars. Like star Wars, the, the right. theme is like, yeah. it's me. It's, it's, it's bigger models. It's skirmish. I do like skirmish games. Skirmish games are easy to set up for me and my kids to play. Skirmish games are easy for me to go out and play uh, out, you know, on, on Wednesday, Thursday night uh, because, you know, quick games, easy to pack up, easy to put down kind of thing. Uh, and it's, and it's Star Wars. So, it was like, for me, it was a no-brainer. Like, I got it. How it plays, as long as I'm having fun, I could care less if it's, you know, super complex and in-depth like Infinity. Um, or, you know, if it's just kind of a, a as as GW put it back in the day, we're a beer and pretzels company. Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I just want to have fun at this point in time. I'm getting too old but- to care about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, that's, that part is surprisingly true, because I've, I've, 
develop the I'm old and I don't give a shit kind of situation. But I feel like I feel like even though you're saying that you don't worry about these things, all of the reasons that you gave for the reason playing you have, the game, yeah, the reason are you these have things. fun are these things, right? Even <laughs> well, if you're not thinking about it, and, right? and, and that's maybe, why I like to interrogate. And it. that's where maybe we're like, I'm not thinking. Like again, where I'm coming from is like, I don't think about it. Like it's just I have a native feeling, whether it's it's yes. good or not for me. Like I don't go into like. I spend all day doing risk management. I don't want to go and play a game where I'm going to do more risk management. So like blood ball <laughs> out of the question. <laughs> and see, I don't know that you wouldn't have fun. Oh, playing, I would. I would. I've played blood, blood ball, ball before. Um, I actually yeah. super enjoy the, the, the video game versions of them because I know they're very close to the rule sets. Um, oh, they are the rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a one, one to one. Yep. So like, um, yeah, no, I, I, it's, but again, yeah, it's, it's whether I'm having fun with it or not, in all honesty. A hundred percent. But like, again, you know, like if we, so if we think about it, so, okay, here, here, here's what I'll say, right? So if you give me, Chris, give, give us your five favorite miniatures games right now, just like right off the top of the head, rattle the five that come to your mind that you have the most fun playing. All right. Um, so right now it's, uh, Legion, uh, yep. Conquest. Yep. Um, I'm looking at what I've like downgraded to. Uh, <laughs> MCP. Mm-hmm. Um, A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just got Shatterpoint. I haven't played it yet, so but I would throw it on there just from a theme standpoint. It's all right. Just from those four, there's a there's a theme across all four of those games. So the complexity level of all four of those games wildly different, wildly mm-hmm. different in complexity. All of those games are similarly deep. All four of them. Yep. Yep, that's um, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so that's that's where it is for you, right? Depth is what's mm-hmm. more important. Yeah, um, and like I said, like if I had to pick, depth would be it. Yeah, and and I think for I think for most people that's true, and I and I, I think this is why, like when somebody tells me they're like, "GW man, it's the way." I'm like, <clears throat> "Well, kind of." Like they're the, and 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 I think if you're playing a game like Warhammer Underworlds <clears throat> or Warcry, where there's less complexity and more room for depth and depth in play and decision making. Like I think it's uh, a little, a little easier to like to stomach that, but like for generally people, I think enjoy being able to make good decisions. Like you want to be, you want your, your brain engaged, right? You want Mm -hmm. to be like thinking and you also want to be rewarded for making good decisions. Even if you don't win a game, like, like so, no, you know, no, no big secret. I play a lot of Flesh and Blood. What? I know. I know. No, my, my, so, get out. And I tra- I track every time I play in in paper, and my win percentage is fifty six percent. So like, that means I lose a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it means that basically it means if I'm playing a hundred games, I'm losing four of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm losing a lot of them. Um. Yeah. And I and it never stops me from having fun because the depth is incredible, and that's the same with miniatures games. Like especially when I think about a game like Malifaux, like I never cared if I was losing a game of Malifaux, never, because even if I was losing, the like small victories and little things you can do in that game are so fun and so impactful, and like you can like still pat yourself on the back for having like. A, a couple good calls in a game and, and also the games were close. Right. And that's also tr- I think true in all those games you mentioned, like generally the games 
every one of those, the games are pretty, aside from MCP, sometimes that goes really sideways, but usually mm-hmm. those games are very close. Um, and, and I think like if we really were to like, if this was like a game, a, a world where every, everything was fair, uh, games with more depth would very often be the ones people would gravitate to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on especially that last statement. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think complexity of roles well no maybe not i was gonna say i think maybe complexity is more likely to drive people away from a game no Um, no because the game the game that so in a in a perfect world where i had unlimited free time i would play bushido every day every single day um and that game is super complex (laughs) like not quite not quite infinity level but like certainly more than anything else um but uh, it's again the the thing about that game is that like woo the depth is also deeper like where it where it it goes more complex than your average mini game it's also deeper like infinite or bushido is one of these games where truly every decision you make matters like every single minute thing you do because facing it in that game matters how you assign your attack and defense dice matters and also the dice math is really smooth so rng isn't nearly as punitive in Mm -hmm. in a game of bushido as it is in other games you activating your models you can force your other opponents into bad spaces because if so your your models in Bushido are in one of three states they're either like ready tired or exhausted and when you fight with a model so if i approach your model and we fight it lowers your level by one even if you haven't activated the model so and it's this it, and it, it it, that that alone makes all of the decisions about where, like just where you put your models, right? Because if you're thinking about it from second level play, you can very effectively bait in Bushido because you can put a model into a vulnerable position because your opponent's like, oh shit, I can exhaust that model. And they might not be thinking about the repercussions of charging into that model that you put out into the open. Um and that, I mean, that's true in a lot of games, but it's, a, it's especially true in this game because of the way that a lot of the mechanics work and also mm-hmm. because of the way facing works. So uh, I just I just thought of two things there, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is that, you know, me saying, um, you know, I feel like complexity would be more likely to drive somebody away than depth. And then I realized, well, that's probably a tell on how I feel about it and what's important to me. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. The other thing I noticed is that a lot of the things that you're talking about that you love about Bushido, mm-hmm. while not necessarily a one to one, they're the same things you like about Flesh and Blood. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that and that's why I like Flesh and Blood, right? Yep. Um, because just, every, just made every that card up. matters. Yeah. Every card matters and mm-hmm. every decision you make with every card matters because yep. every card is modal. Like it's not like magic where a card is the card. Every card in flesh and blood is up to four things. Yeah. So, um, it, uh, yeah, it makes a big difference. 
uh, or up to three things really. But the, it still though, like, yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent correct. And that's why games like a song of ice and fire are also so impactful to me because they have that similar level of depth. And again, you know, I'll reiterate back to what we said at the beginning, like not everybody wants that because a lot of the time, like there's a lot of days just as an example. So like if, if I was at the end of a long day and I had a friend that was over and I was like, Hey, you want to roll some dice, play a miniatures game? And I'm exhausted. I am a hundred times more likely when tired to reach for relic blade because relic blade is fun as hell. Like that game, every time I play that game, I laugh. I have a really good time. Stupid things happen. It's very fun, but the game is not super complex and it's really easy to keep in the front of my mind without having like, I, I can still have an engaging game and make meaningful decisions in a game where it's not as complex or deep as some of these other systems feel like uh, i don't know it's 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 just interesting to hear you know both you and chris talk about um you know uh, without necessarily being specific on it but hinting at your your sweet spot um and it's kind of it's it's very interesting to me that all three of us while enjoying similar games are enjoying them for very different, different reasons. reasons. Yeah. yeah and yeah, they fit into 100%. that sweet spot for us for a different, for a different reason. Yeah, definitely. And a well, a um, well designed game, I think should make you make that happen. It shouldn't all be one or the other. Like people should enjoy it for different reasons. Definitely. Uh, and that's the cool thing about the hobby, right? Cause like some of it is the painting. Some of it's just like hanging out with your friends And, like, that's where a game like 40K is great, right? Great. Because, like, if you just want to hang out with a person you enjoy spending time with and rolling dice and laughing and telling a story, 40K is an excellent vehicle for that experience. Like, So that's why Chris and I never play 40K. (laughs) We don't like each other. We don't want to hang out with each other. (laughs) Have we really not played a game of 40K? I don't think so. I really don't. I think you're right. I don't think we have. <laughs> I, but I, I just, I, I, like, I, I mean to, I mean this in a way that, like, I, the 40k has merit, right? Like, a, sure. as a game system, it has merit, and I, I think the merit that it has is that, like, you can have that really cool experience with a, with a friend, um, and it, it maybe isn't as mentally taxing um, as a game like Infinity, right? Would be if you went out. Cause you know, like I, so like just as an example, like I'll hang out with my buddy, Aaron. And if Aaron and I play a game of infinity, I might come away from that session and being like, boy, Aaron and I didn't really like socialize much. Mm-hmm. We just, we, we were just doing bullet math the whole time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, and that's just the way the game goes. Whereas if we were to sit down and play like mind bug for an hour, we would talk a lot more. Uh, mind bug is a card game. It's like a, uh, self-contained sort of like one V one card game, but like it just is a game where it's just like a lot more, or if we were playing like forgetful fish, which is a magic variant, like we would just, there'd be more room for conversation and just socializing. Um, and like what I mean, what I, well, I guess the point I'm getting at is like the depth and complexity, it can be different and you can want different levels of it for different reasons, depending on the experience that you want to get out of it. And I think what I'm really getting down to is like, this is funny because I'm making a 
really good argument for like not focusing on one game system. <laughs> uh, because the different game systems can give you different things. Um, and this is why my wallet hates you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not even no, going to try and fight that. It's like your, your wallet hates you too, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, but the, the thing is though, like I've, I've contemplated that a lot, right? Like there's a lot of people who are just content to play one game. Sure. Um, and I guess, I guess somebody like that gets everything they need from that game, whether it's, they play, you know, different factions and that scratches their itches or they just love knowing everything about what they do play. So they only play one faction. Sure. Um, and, and and like yeah. magic, magic and 40K sort of embody that. Person. I think they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It does both. It lets you that is that is kind of the magic, no pun intended, of both of those games. Right. Is that you you can go pretty much anywhere in the world and you can play those games. Correct. Um, you know, because, because it does sit so well for, for so many people, for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's also, an advantage to it as well. Yeah. 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 And that, that I can't get, so we're coming around like, cause I've actually like recently fallen back in love with magic. I didn't think if you had asked me that like five years ago, I'd have been like bullshit. That's not even possible. Um, but like there, there's something too, like, especially with commander going out and, and sitting at a game store, like just the other day I went out with Ezzy and then we met, um, friend of the show, Brian and, and his son, Leo, and we played a game of commander. We played two games of commander and it was super fun. Our kids got to know each other because they'd never met before. Um, our kids got to talk, we got to laugh, we got to have a really good time, we got to talk about setting up future games, and like that kind of experience, like only happens in that environment, right? And that's why, and, and that this is similarly with 40k, right? Where it's just a hugely social event when you go out to, to play the game, because mm-hmm. generally on a, ga- on a game night, when you go out, there's you know, it, like 12 to 20 people playing, which for a game store is a lot of people playing 40k because those tables are enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number of miniatures that are getting crated in, uh, also enormous. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're, and that, that, that's part of it, right? Like part of it is like being able to, to dedicate yourself to that one game, mastering it, identifying with your faction, and then it also giving you enough depth and complexity to hold you and to have a lot of fun while you're playing the game. Yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, I think that's a hundred percent true. Like when that was my experience when I was playing in competitive war machine, like I only played war machine. I didn't play any other miniatures games out there. Uh, a friend of mine, you know, they would, they would go up to, uh, you know, some conventions and experience some of the other miniature games that are out there and they would come back like, Oh, check this one out. Check this one out. You know, just something to do on the side of, you know, war machines, you know, every now and then. And I'm like, I I can't do that. Like I have to focus on this one game because of the fact that I I need to know my opponent stuff. I need to know all the updated, you know, scenario packets that come out every time. I need to know what's like all the new models that are coming out for my faction. Like I can't play anything else. And I, so I think you're a hundred percent right in that. Hell yeah. Uh, man, what a game too. Um, 
that's just too too bad with Privateer. But the yeah the but and that's another game where the complexity is high and the depth is that that's in that Bushido level where it's high mm-hmm. complexity, but the depth is just a different level than almost everything mm-hmm, else, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't I don't think anybody who knows anything about War Machine or played War Machine would would disagree with the fact that it's one of the deepest miniatures games ever made. 100%. Right? Like it's just incredibly deep. Yep. Um yep, that's a big thing that it has going for it. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely, definitely. Um yeah, I don't. I I feel like I've I've reached the uh, the ape the, the the top of where where I had salient points here, um, but the the thing that I really just want to get across and it's similarly like wrapping back to the beginning is that like there isn't a right level of complexity or depth, um, and the reason that this is a, a valuable discussion to have though is because it can really help you hone in on your preferences because like if you think about depth and complexity it helps you understand a little bit better about what you like about the games that you like, even if it's not something that you think about like with Chris, where it's not something that's at the front of his mind, that doesn't mean it doesn't contribute to the enjoyment of the game. And it's a useful thought experiment, even if you don't care about game design, because the intersection of these two things matters a lot in terms of like the, the mental uh, load that a game puts on you, whether or not you're going to be able to pick that game up easily, or if you're just going to be immediately turned off by a 400 page rule book with 200 special rules. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I was, I was actually, before we even came up with this as a topic, I was actually thinking about it uh, just because I was trying to figure out exactly why uh, I've been enjoying conquest so much. Uh, and, and basically what I realized is that it's at that point of complexity and depth, uh, that's right for me, Yeah. right? Like it's got a lot of tactical decision-making and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of levers to pull when you're playing the game, but I don't walk away from the game feeling like I just defended my thesis sure and you probably also don't step away from the game feeling like the decisions that you made carry no weight right exactly so it's it's that it's that balance right like i can i can go home and not be exhausted mentally yeah um but i'm also having a good time so for me and that's and that's kind of where uh mcp lands for me as well um, yeah. just in that both of them are games that I can play. There's depth to them. There's lots of decision-making, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going home with a headache. That's, yeah. that's really, and I, I think that's part of what, um, you know, when, when Chris said earlier that he, he's old enough now that he just doesn't give a shit or whatever. Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but for me, it's like, I'm old enough now where I don't want to come home from game night with a headache. Yeah. Same. Um, I want to, I want to make my decisions, but I, I, yeah, I don't need to be crazy. Exhausted. Like that. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I, need to be I think you're right. And I like, like that's yeah. Cause I, I'm the same way, like walking away from a game of conquest in, in a song of ice and fire, I think are, is similar in this. It's like, like you've always said, Paul, like the reason why 
you you like it is because of the fact that like you re- you finally realized every choice that you make is going to be a bad choice. <laughs> so like you're not second guessing yourself and going, oh, did I do this? Could I have done that? Do should I have done this? Like you're just you're walking away going, I had fun playing that game. I know every choice I would have made would have been the good one, and you can just be stress free in that and walk home with like as you say, no headache. Boy, you guys but, should play but, Moonstone. What? <laughs> Shut up, chops. Uh, <laughs> I am. I, I am trying to purge ba- games, ba- sir. Based on everything you just said, I just feel like you'd really like Moonstone. So, and and part of that too, though, Chris, I just want to elaborate is that. Yes, I walk away from it feeling like that, but when I'm playing the game, all of those decisions feel weighty. Right. Yeah. Right? But it's but I'm not taking that home with me, I guess. I'm not taking my work home with right. me. Right. Yeah. And and again, and it's not to say that the decisions are bad because the game design is bad. It's, it's that like no matter what you do, you know, there's going to be a repercussion to every choice that you make when the way you're looking at the board and what your opponent's going to be able to do. It's, there's right. no, every, there's every, nothing that's going to go like where, like we said before, like infinity 40 K where they have the potential to, and, and you and I have played a game of infinity like that, where I literally lost in deployment, like the whole first yeah. turn, my army was essentially wiped off the board because of deployment. And it was just bad. Um, You know, when you're going into the games like these, like, you don't have to, you don't deal with that, you know, and your, yeah, your choices are hard to make, but you're going to stay in the game. Right. Yeah. And see, and that's what I want. I, I want, I want a game where, well, I guess Song of Ice and Fire does this very well, but they, it, they give you a game where every decision you have is a horrible decision and you just have to decide which is the least horrible. Right. Um, you know, but, but, Thinking about it and taking that home and and how much brain power you have left at the end of the the game, um, I guess that's my I guess that's my sweet spot consideration there uh, for the depth and complexity conversation uh, is that I I want to feel all of that depth while I'm playing the game, but still be able to hold the conversation at the end of it. Definitely. I feel, I feel like I have a very similar. I feel like I just uh, gave final thoughts. I think you did. You did. That that is. I was about to say the same thing. I was like, boy, that's a really succinct sort of way to end the conversation, because that's like basically exactly the way I feel. Um, and I'm just gonna like <clears throat> reiterate the thing again, again, because I I think you know we've talked about as I get older, the things I care about change, and and now I think the thing I care about the most is. Um, that people enjoy the things that they do as hobbies. Right. Because I think it's sometimes you lose sight of that and it, you can actually like not be having fun. Um, and also like mm-hmm. feeling validated in the things that you like is important to, to me, like, especially if they're things that don't hurt anybody. Right. And so um, I've like sort of taken this like stance where I used to just like, you know, like I, I, I guess I, I, you know, especially publicly on the podcast, I never really shit on stuff, but you, you guys know privately, I'd be like, I hate this thing. <laughs> I don't like it. It's not for me. Um, but like, it's, it's actually like ch- that's changing in me. That perspective is changing. And I, I care a lot more that people just are having a good time. And like now when, when I look at a game like 40 K, I'm just like, you know, good for the people who are really enjoying this yeah, right now. Exactly. Um, and 
the the purpose of this and especially the 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 use of the mental exercise to me is to like look at these two things and look at how the entire spectrum is valid right mm-hmm. the entire spectrum of depth and complexity is valid uh and and every portion of it is important uh and it's re- i think we're extraordinarily lucky to live in a time where we have especially in this hobby specifically in this hobby and if we look at miniature games in isolation we live at a time where we can play miniatures games in any area of this intersection. Like we can go for a less complex, less depth game, more complex, more depth, sort of medium, medium, or, you know, pulling on those and pushing on those levers however we like. And there's a game that we can play that lives in that space. And I just think that is the coolest thing. Um, and I guess that's my that's my final thought is that it's very we live in a a very fortunate time in the hobby and it's just really cool that like you can have so much fun playing all of these great games Mm -hmm. it is a golden age Mm -hmm. too many sometimes yeah the amount of minis games is too damn high (laughs) it is too damn high is that is that your final thought chris i I think so like no no not my (laughs) not my final thought um yeah i mean i'm just i think i'm I, i i pair it you know, chops like where I'm at in my life. Like, yeah, there may be games that are not for me. I'm I'm glad other people have them. Um, and the and the games for me, just because it's a complex game, doesn't mean it's going to be good. In a my good personal one, opinion, right? um, or bad, think, right? Right. Yeah. It's it doesn't mean it's going to be good or bad. You know, it just means that it's a complex game. Um, you know, and I think that's why I, as you guys have fully pointed out to me, lean towards games that have a little bit more depth. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. All right. Who wants to read us out? Uh, Well, thank you, first of all, to all of our patrons. Uh, You are all wonderful. And thank you to everybody hanging out on the Discord. Uh, You are all wonderful as well. It is the best Discord in the world. So if you're not a member of it, you should come hang out with us. Um, We're also really getting back into the swing of things. Um, So there's just there's a lot going on. Uh, so that's exciting. So thank you, patrons, for for all of your continued support. Um, we're still uh, we're still using the uh, static in the it's static in the city music. Oh my god! Uh, and thanking them for that. And uh, I don't know. I'm apparently not doing a very good job of reading this out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, come come hang out on the Discord. That's 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 what I got. That's what I got. Thanks for listening. Bye! God, that was that was the worst thing I've ever done. I don't know. I loved it. It was like watching a car crash. In <laughs> yeah, and it just it was it it was just going in slow motion, and there was nothing I could do. To stop it. <laughs> you had to get that uh, have that hard reset button right next to you a little a little closer. Yeah, yeah. I started that going. I'm a genius. Oh no.
Oh no! <laughs> I love that. 